Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Animal Mac Young talking to you about Heroes 101 Radio. Give them a listen. Radio, your one-stop shop for a little bit of positivity and and fun on a Tuesday night. Uh, thanks, Mark Animal McYoung, for the uh, for the intro there. Do give us a listen. Um, I guess you already are, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to my dulcet tones. So, as ever, I am Spectre, the guy from the New York Initiative, and I am joined, as I am every week, by the lovely rock and roll from San Francisco. Good evening, my dear. Good evening, my dear. You know what? I'm testing out a new microphone tonight, so if I seem super-duper loud, you guys, go on the chat room or call in or something and say, Rock, you're super-duper loud. Keep it down. So I'm, I'm really trying. Let me know, okay? Rock, you're super-duper loud. Your mother. <laughs> hey, and we are joined, as usual, by the friendly neighborhood night bug on the soundboard. Good evening, sir. Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> That's Wow. <laughs> Okay. Hello, hello. So, uh, so we we got a lot to talk about tonight. I normally do a even more long, boring spiel at the beginning, but uh, I figured I'd save you the pain this week because we we got a lot to talk about. But I guess before we get into the action, um, how 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 have you guys been? We, you know, it's only been a week since our last show, which is a great thing to say because we've had a bit of a hiatus for a little while and. Uh, Took a break, but uh, how have you guys been over the last week? Anything exciting to report back on? Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've had, let's see, we've had, uh, was it three patrols? Um, and um, we've had uh, friends that we know that are stranded, uh, that are still stranded in Houston right now, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. Um, and yeah, what else? Gosh. Big things going on in the San Francisco area. For us, I, I think we're just trying to get these uh, first episodes of Superhero Nation together and um, out there for everyone to see. And uh, my birthday is coming up on Monday, Labor Day. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be it 29. Uh-huh. Oh, and guess. holding. I know, right? I rock 29, don't I? I know. Anyway, that's it. That's, that's what we've been up to. How about you, sir? Yeah, it's been you know it's it's been a, a weird period for me. It's been oh, not weird. It's been good. It's been a period of uh, adjustment. I guess uh, I haven't really talked too much about it on the show, but I um, 
a little while ago, I, I just took a bit of an introspective look at what I was doing and realized that uh, I think, A, I was spread way too thin, um, and, I, and I wasn't very happy. I just wasn't having very much fun, and that's that's a, a big thing to realize. So I, I've been making some quite significant changes in, in my life recently. Um, over the last week, I've, I've changed job. I left a place where I'd worked for seven years and pretty much grown the company to what it was, and, and you know that was a tough thing to walk away from, especially the people that I'd worked with for the better part of a decade um and you know been through some some rough times and good times with them and uh great people so walking away from that was a challenge but um my whole goal with that is to walk into another job um which hopefully gives me better work-life balance and therefore means that not only you know do i see my family more and i'm just hopefully a happier more smiley version of myself um but also that i get more time to do things like this like uh the radio show i've just started a new band um and and you know homeless outreach we're starting again in new york there's a whole bunch of stuff i've really wanted to do for a long time and just haven't had the bandwidth and it feels pretty pretty energizing to uh you know suddenly suddenly have the space to be able to focus on that stuff again now you said uh that you have you started so i have to back you up you started a new band can you tell us a little more about because i'm excited about that <laughs> You know, it's it's such early days at the at the moment. It's a band. Um, so I, I guess for those people who are listening, who are sadly fascinated in who the hell I am, um, I was in a band for quite a long time in the UK. We were like a Bay Area thrash type band, very much inspired by Slayer and Anthrax and Testament, Exodus, those kind of bands. So you know, real speed metal, thrash metal. Um, the new band I'm in is much more melodic than that. It's much more in the vein of, of something like Godsmack, but, you know, that kind of bluesy, heavy rock type stuff, which is kind of Pearl Jam inspired stuff. So uh, definitely a, a new direction for me. Um, but just a good group of guys. They're all uh, the, the guys in the band. Are all, they're all in their 40s like me. They're all old fuckers and um, been around in various bands for a long time. They, uh, you know, they're, they're great musicians as well and just great people to hang out with. So uh, all original material, no covers. So we're, we're and we're lining up gigs right now around New York, New Jersey. So I'll be uh, I'll be spamming people and whoring myself out when we uh, when we get on the road and we try this stuff out and some real people. Okay, I you know I gotta come down there just to hear that. You know this, right? Okay, well, maybe we'll and when you say, oh hell yeah, oh you know you know we know people who can book uh, gigs yeah. out here, and you guys are listening. You're you're wanting to hear everything we were talked about talking about in the subject line tonight. But man, I mean this is news for us because uh, Spectre and I were both musicians, as is Nightbug on our soundboard, and we have performed together. Just how many times? That's pretty cool. For being on opposite coasts, we'll we'll get Spectre out here and we'll give him like a day's notice. Hey, can you sing back up for this? And boom, you know, he'll do it. So um, I'm dying to, to hear this. One of these days, we're going to have to have a show focused on musicians in the real life superhero world. And we'll have to have them give us samples of their music and such. So how's that? Yeah, I can definitely see a uh, collaboration album coming out again. I think, uh, We've got enough people oh, who want yeah. to contribute a song or two that we could we could make like a charity album, uh, contribute to some of the homeless programs, and uh, I, I think it would sound pretty good. Ah, uh, sweet. Okay, so um, gosh, okay, um, we're hearing from Geek Pile that uh, how's our radio? Still there? Anyone there? No. 
Yeah. Sector, can you hear our radio? Oh, I can. I can. There's, there's... You can hear our microphone? Yeah, I can hear you guys loud and clear. You sound clear as a bell to me. Okay. Okay. Um, do you have the microphone going on on here? I, I'm sorry. We just have to ask. We've got we've got yeah. blog talk acting fine tonight, but now we've got issues with <laughs> with microphones. Yeah. So, uh, so through the process of elimination, our microphones are not working with Blog Talk's direct connect function, which is awesome. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, uh, so we got Blog Talk, but they won't let us use our studio microphones. That makes like. No sense. Right. So that's okay. <clears throat> so, but we're going to move on from that. Hey, you know what, though? If, if one of those yeah. uh, fancy podcast network people is listening and they want to pick us up for some commercial, we can do advertising. I, I could advertise Casper Mattresses <laughs> or Loot Crate or whatever it is halfway through this. I'd be cool with that if we get a decent network to run on. So, uh, you know let, right. us know, let us know if you want us. Yeah, exactly. I can Vanna White over the radio. Trust me. <laughs> Um, but anyway, okay, so so getting on to the subjects at hand, I'll let you take us into those. How's that? Since you've got the nicer okay. voice tonight. <laughs> well, so we, we've, been pl- we've been talking about doing a disaster prep episode for a while, I mean, and we do these a lot, um, maybe more than some people would like, but less than a lot of people need, I feel, so without wanting to be patronizing. You know, I, I came into this radio show knowing very, very little about disaster prep. I, you know, I read some stuff, and, and I, I felt like I was reasonably well-informed just through actually co-hosting these shows and Rockenberg's uh, expertise in this area. I, I've learned a hell of a lot myself, um, but again, definitely not as much as I would need that if I was in the middle of... Uh, of Texas right now in Hurricane Harvey and, you know, 12 feet of water swept down my main street, I, I would be in the same kind of mess as everybody else. So definitely I, I'm as guilty as anyone as not being prepared. And, and maybe maybe you can't be prepared for something of that magnitude totally, um, but there are certainly things that you can do. So I guess topic number one, Hurricane Harvey. So if, you know, anyone who's been living under a rock on Friday, enormous hurricane hits uh, central Texas. Um, many, many feet of water dumped on Texas. Um, and uh, people stranded in their homes. Um, social media inundated, actually, with uh, really horrifying pictures. You know, elderly people stuck in a, in a senior's home, um, literally with water up to their chest before they're, they're, um, they're, they're rescued from, from that home. Um, however, I guess... As I said at the beginning, we we should be a show focusing on positivity. So, you know, what I've taken from Hurricane Harvey, despite the fact that it's been a horrifying experience and and a a great deal of people have lost their, well, lost their homes and and some even lost their lives, as ever when you see uh, the worst happening to a group of people, you also see the best of people coming out as well. And there have been a lot of good, just good deeds and, and, and heroism from everyday people. Um, now, that's not to downplay the heroism from the first responders. You know, they, they really are the heroes. They're the guys out there risking their lives during that hurricane and every other day of the year. So I certainly don't want to downplay the heroism that they bring every hour of the day. Um, however, there are some, some amazing stories of people rescuing other people, rescuing animals, um, my favorite one, which I, I just just tickles me, and I, I don't know why I find this so endearing, but um, there's a mattress company out there in Houston called Mattress Max on, on fairly high ground, 
and they opened up their entire mattress showroom. It's just like a giant furniture showroom. They opened the whole thing up for people who had been displaced by the hurricane to just come and live there. So they've got all these mattresses laid out and blankets and stuff, and this whole furniture showroom has just been taken over by, by people who were displaced, which is extremely cool to see that they, they not only had somewhere to go, I guess they had maybe Casper mattresses. There's a, there's a plug. That is one of the best things I've heard all day. I mean, seriously, that's, uh, you know, can you imagine if all the furniture stores that were above water did that? Uh, people would have a lot of uh, just, you know, camaraderie. They could stay together. And, yeah. and uh, you know, and and, and the, the smart thing is, and I know they're not doing this just for business, I, although I'm sure there is the, the, the business aspect of it, but, once things are back to normal, once life resumes, they're going to remember these, these you know, um, businesses that came to their rescue, you know, um, and, and were there for them. So a smart move on, on the mattress uh, store part. And, and you're right. Yeah. The things that, you know, we can't, we don't have hurricanes over here. I know you guys do, don't you? In, in New York, do you have a few? Yeah, we had Hurricane Sandy and Hurricane Irene before right. that. And they, they did a, a ton of damage, definitely. That's right, Sandy. Now I'm thinking about that. Because I, I, I remember being called Superstorm Sandy. So I didn't, I, yeah, um, Hurricane, that's right. Uh, and all the, the damage it did out there at the beach, uh, beach areas. We, we don't get those. You know, so for me, looking at those photos like you were talking about, I'm going, this is hor- my, my poor home. My, I'm sitting comfortably on the bottom level of my home, and I can't even imagine being waist deep and, and, and just looking around and seeing everything that would be completely destroyed. You know, not to mention, not the least of which is, is my, my animals, loss of life and, and, and such. It, these guys have been six days. It's a six straight day um, that, that this has been going on. And, and I was hearing statistics a couple of days ago that were saying that they've had more rainfall there than California gets in its entire year, yeah. the entire year. It, that's just, that's crazy when you think about that. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I want to come back to the pets thing though, but you just triggered a, another amazing story that I saw was a, uh, just a couple, uh, a guy, William Beasley and his wife, and, and they, they basically enlisted a group of their friends and were just driving around Houston um, just rescuing animals. And so far they rescued almost 25 dogs that uh, just by oh. you know, going in flooded houses and, and checking them out and, and finding finding animals that were abandoned. Oh, the poor puppies. I mean, they don't know. You know, it's, yeah. oh, God, how scary. And, you know, most animals hate bats. So to be stuck in that, oh, <laughs> Course, you know what, though? I, know. I, the other thing I love about this is they're posting. There was another guy who was just driving down a street, and a, and a dog just jumped in the back of his jeep. And all of the all of these animals, they're posting photos on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, having them retweeted like crazy. And most of them are finding their way back to their owners. Um, and I love that. You know, social media is so downplayed as, you know, it's ruined communication and people don't speak to each other. But in this case, it's, it's doing a pretty decent job of reuniting people with lost pets. So no gripes for me on that one. Right. Oh, my goodness. Now there's a what? There's a curfew. There's a um, from midnight to 5 a.m. There's a mayor um, has imposed a curfew. So and I'm thinking because I know that uh, the we, we heard from someone who's going to call in tonight, actually, a friend who is in Houston right now, 
um, who, who went out before the major part of the storm hit and went to the, the grocery stores and, and um, they said that the grocery, you know, that the, the shelves were pretty empty. Um, luckily our friend is a vegan. <laughs> so <laughs> Nobody touched, can you believe nobody touched the vegetables or the, <laughs> those parts, but still, I'm Stuck thinking it's quinoa, right? Right, exactly. But here's the thing. I, the one thing that we're going to add that's new to the show is I, I, I believe that we um, are the type of show that should have a call to action with every show. And yeah, um, like you like that. I thought you'd like that. Uh, and uh, um, the call to action this week, I, I believe, would be to not only take our, our emergency preparedness uh, tips and, um, you know, website to heart, but to think about right now, I'm hearing that one of the biggest uh, needs they have is food. Like I said, those shelves were cleared. So people are uh, really needing food and they're turning to the food bank and the Houston food bank is um, one of the places that you can go to um, that will make sure these people are fed because really we hear about the floods, we hear about everything else, but, but you know, when they're sitting there and not enough food is getting to them, that's, that's where it gets really scary. I mean, you can live without, all of the other, you know, luxuries in life, but you got to have food and you got to have water. So um, we'll, we'll put up a link for you um, and mention it again later in the show. So we're going to call you guys to action and ask you to take out a dollar, whatever you can afford, uh, and send it to the Houston Food Bank. This yeah, week. Cool, Cooley Rock's birthday present. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's right. Yeah, let's tie it to that. I like that. Good idea. Well, you could just buy Rock a nice birthday present and do that as well. I mean, I'm not closing the door on that one, but... Uh, yeah, that's Multitask, guys. Our audience is brilliant. They can multitask. Find me a present. I like mermaids and uh, cookies. and <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Well, you know, talking um, of brilliant, I've got one more really nice story from Hurricane Harvey that I want to share before. I've got a ton of questions I want to actually pick your brains on about uh, how this went down and what if okay. if I were, God forbid, in that place, what, what I could have done about it. But um, right. one, one story I loved was um, there's a, a story of a, a 13-year-old boy um, who was um, – in in hospital needed immediate surgery and the hospital was obviously completely swamped you know overrun with people and there were just no surgeons who could handle it <clears throat> so they're calling out on i and i may be paraphrasing here but they're calling out on their surgery bat phone um to <laughs> to the uh, to the rest of the surgeons who are out there saying we need help but if, but you know the town's flooded they, the roads are impassable there's a surgeon called Dr. Stephen Kimmel who gets a canoe out of his basement and canoes to the hospital so that he can perform uh, life-saving surgery on a teenage boy, which to me, you know, that, that's, that's kind of a Batman. I'd, uh, you know, I'd, I'd vote. Oh, for yeah. Him. I have a big crush on him now. I don't care what he looks like <laughs> or what else. I just, Stephen Kimmel, you're my hero. That, that's fantastic. Can you see him just, just paddling the canoe just to, to oh, wow. That's yeah, right, like being a surgeon isn't heroic enough that he's got a canoe right? to the hospital to perform surgery. That that's uh yeah, that makes Doctor Strange look pretty lame. Right, right. It's like uh, Doctor Kimmel sounds like the most interesting man in the world. You know, type I mean, of thing. But yeah. yeah, you know, here's the thing though, that it's just you know, I've in the movie Constantine, like it or 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 you know, hate it, um, the idea that uh, uh Gabriel 
the angel Gabriel was trying to to bring about just apocalyptic you know times on the world because Gabriel wanted to to show that the best of man and the worst of man comes out during these times but more so Gabriel wanted to to bring out the best in men in in Gabriel's strange way but it's true you can see in these stories how it brings out the best of people when they're you know when they're going through all this craziness so um these stories are are fantastic they they definitely bring a, a, a bright light on a really dark and, and um, scary thing. Yeah. You know, and I think, know, scary. I think it's good as well that, you know, we're, we're going to come on to some of the rallies and things later, but you know, the, mm-hmm. it, it's very easy to look at some of the negative stuff in the mainstream press and just think, Oh, the world's gone to shit. You know, people are all assholes and there's so much hatred and bigotry and blah, but there's a lot of goodness as well. It may not be reported as loudly by the, fear-mongering press, but it's, uh, there's a lot of good out there. Oh, my gosh. You know, and, and I, I don't dislike the press, uh, but I agree with you. The press, they, they need clicks. You know, they need, they need views. So they're going to go with what really sells. And every now and then is the reason why they're called a fluff piece, these happy stories. And, you know, to me, that's insulting as it is because it, it's, implies that there's no substance to these stories, right. that it's just, oh, it's happy, fluffy, you know, wonderful. But really, that's, if you think about it, this is the substance. This is kindness, this human nature, you know, this, this compassion, that's the substance. That's the stuff we need to be focusing more on. Sure, it's not as, as emotion-evoking, You know, there's there's nothing wrong with just giving at least 50-50 time split to to um, good and bad. And as we know, right now the news is 80-20 in favor of yeah, all the, really. the shit stories. So uh, I'm going to rant. Um, disaster prep then, shall we? Because, I mean, I guess for me, obviously Hurricane Harvey's top of my mind being that it's it's all over the media and quite quite rightly with the the scale of what's happened down there in Texas. So I guess my my biggest question is, um, like you said, you know, there's going to be there's going to be you know fear buying just before a hurricane, and uh, the the shelves are going to be empty. Um, so I guess my biggest question that I wanted to pick your guys' brains on is what can you do now, you know, in the event that something like this could happen in your area versus what can you do as soon as you hear that there's a possibility of something like this happens versus what can you do on the day, you know, hours before it goes down? You know, what what kind of um, things do you do in each time frame to prepare for something like this? So you're asking Bug and I what we would have done um, uh, regarding, just so I, I, I get, what, what do you think we would have done to get ready for, a, say, a flood? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess or, not or even hurricane. necessarily a flood. I mean, you know, any kind of natural disaster, um, but oh, particularly okay. something that could 
make you have to leave your home like a flood, you know, where you, you right. can't stick around, right. you, you've got to bug out. And I, I guess my question is more, you know, what can you do in advance versus what can you do <clears throat> when you hear that there's even a risk of this thing going down versus what can you do at the last minute? You know, what, what should you leave right. at, each, at each step of the way? Okay, you know, that's, that's a good question because uh, since September is National Preparedness Month, um, I love that, uh, and it's been available forever, but you know, it's like teaching a martial arts or self-defense class to other people. This is, this is the thing that, that takes half of us down. People walk around believing that this won't happen to me, it can't happen to me. And they live in this little protective bubble and believe that if they don't give any energy to that particular situation happening, then it won't happen. That if you feed into it somehow, you'll bring it about. And, you know, that kind of uh, thinking is not only dangerous, it's kind of delusional. Um, because what you should be telling yourself is it could happen to me and it could happen today. That's what we tell our, our self-students. Um, so the best thing to be is prepared. Um, parallels just keep going on and on. But the, the first one is to think, okay, you know what, it's probably going to happen to me at some point because the statistics are there. So let's go from there. And the good thing about uh, the National Preparedness Month um, website, which is ready.gov, simple, just ready.gov, um, it's, uh, their, their motto this year is disasters don't plan ahead, you can. So with that, um, the first thing that we teach in our emergency preparedness classes is that you need to have a plan. Even before you, before you sit down and make a bug out bag, which we can get to, you have to have a plan. Now, you can't plan for everything, but you can plan for the things that are pretty um, common in your area. And I don't mean common as if they happen every month. You know what I'm talking about. I don't think we're going to get a hurricane here, knock on wood, in California. Um, but in Texas, you can, you know that you're probably going to get a hurricane, if not several. So you can plan for that. So um, the first thing I would do is make a plan. Um, and, and that includes making sure that we have enough food and water and making sure that that food and water is uh, not, not um, uh, expired. Making sure that it's, um, it's stored, stowed somewhere that if, and I love this, is if you do have food and water stores, that you keep them in big plastic bins because you see how they're evacuating people. If you have a plastic bin that's manageable, you can just throw that on your boat or wherever it is that you're going and, and take off with it. So you know that you've got food to share, food to eat, you know. Um, and if you don't need the water, leave it behind, but at least you've got food. Um, and I would make sure that the family knows it, it, the thing about a hurricane is you have more time, a little bit more time to plan. So there were people that went to the store and they did stock up. Um, they did try to get sandbags where they could, where it helped, but you know, it obviously didn't help most places. But um, a bug out bag is really, really important because where are your meds? Um, where is all your uh, important paperwork? You know, um, your ID for one thing. If you got separated from everybody and for some reason you got injured, no one knew who you were and, and you know, who to contact, uh, a bug out bag has all that stuff. 
So the first thing I would say is to get a plan and then and put together your bug out bag. Um, where, where would you keep the bug out bag? In the car or in the house? What, what's your preference? We have two. <laughs> we have, yeah, yeah, we have. It seems excessive, you guys, but really, I mean, not like we're gonna. Did you see the movie? Um, oh God, what, what was it? The the earthquake movie with um, the Rock. San Andreas. Gosh, what was that called? San Andreas. Andreas. Thank you. Okay, so you could be in your car, and that's the thing that we have to watch out for here in California. You could be in your car, and the earthquake is not gonna give a damn to get home to get. You know, it could happen when you're at work. Um, it doesn't matter where you are. We've seen it happen 24-7. So the in your home. Always know that you're near a bug out bag. So you've got several days worth of provisions to keep you, you know, to keep you alive. So, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it seems excessive, but it's not. You can get a lot of these supplies at the dollar store. Seriously, you can put together a really good bug out bag for 35 bucks. Seriously. And if you don't know how, you know, I'd be happy to give you our bug out bag. Any other questions? Give me some more. I like these questions. Yeah, no, you were breaking up a little bit at the end there, but um, I, I think you were just saying that you've got a bug out bag list that we're going to share after the show, right? Yeah, absolutely. We have, um, like Spectre was saying, we have several different emergency prep um, shows that we've that we've done, and and we do one every oh I'd say what eight months or so, and that's fine because things change and things need to be updated. But uh, we those lists in previous shows, so we'll take one of those lists, make sure it's up to date, and um, post it for you at the end of the show. Awesome. And, yeah, I think, as you say as well, most of the items in the bug-out bag don't expire. You know, things like a first aid kit, unless I'm uh, way off base, you know, they, they, they last for quite a while. So uh, it's not like you need to be doing this every month or even, even every six months. You know, they're, they're, they're pretty long-lasting. Yeah, I think the expiration dates on a lot of, of canned goods is, is a couple of years. So you're pretty good. You make one bug out bag. Just make sure your clothes, if you bake one for your kids, make sure that you, you do change out the clothes because, you know, those are, uh, they're going to outgrow. If you put pants in there, they'll probably outgrow those in six months. Yeah. You know what, as well, I feel like it, it's almost a punishment for the people who are snobby about spam because I think spam being... Being the holiest of heavenly foods that it is, it's perfect to go in bug out bags. It's small and it's delicious. Uh, I don't care what kind of meat's in it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I, I like spam too a lot. I'm Filipino. We have to. It's a requirement. <laughs> so um, uh, the other thing you mentioned earlier that I wanted to come back to is, is pets. Um, you guys you guys have a couple of, uh, couple of dogs, so... Um, what 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 would be your plan on how or what what would be your recommendation on how you would uh, deal with pets, especially in a in a kind of you know a natural event like a flood where you have to leave the home? With our pets, there you know, uh, and this is true with a lot of people. Pets, in fact, you can hear their little claws walking around on the wood right now. They're you know they're your friends. They really understood that until recently. You know, I um, we never really had dogs. Um, I had one when I was a little kid, but but not for a very long time until about four or five years ago when we got Rocky. And I didn't name him that. That was his name when we got him out of the shelter. His name was Rocky. 
Um, so Rocky and Roxanne are cute, right? Uh, and they've become, they're, they're our children, <laughs> our other children. So for me, I can't see not putting them in. And we have these doggy backpacks, believe it or not. They, they can kind of roll like luggage, and yet you can wear them on your back. Because uh, our dogs are smaller. Rocky only weighs about uh, 25, maybe 25 pounds. Something like that. He's he feels a brick. like 200. He, he's a brick. He's, he's a, he's a um, Jack Russell Terrier and um, Pug Nick. So he's solid. Uh, he's a jug. He's a jug. That's what they're called. But in short, we would, we, I would wear them on my back and take them wherever we went. My, my dogs, we got to take them. I mean, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to leave them alone in a, in a house any more than I want to leave a little kid. You know, they'd be frightened, and, and where's mom and dad? So, yeah, they, they go with us. Their food goes with us. In fact, their food goes in a bug-out bag also so that we know that they're okay. Huh, that's cool. You know, when you said doggy backpacks, I, I instantly had, a, had an image of uh, of Rocky with a backpack on his back just dragging the bug-out bag <laughs> along the floor. With you going, come on, you little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually a good idea. We should get a backpack for the smaller dog so Rocky can carry him. The smaller dog, yeah, the smaller dog, Vinny, he only wear, weighs like 12 pounds. So he's, he's, he's easy, you know, simple. Um, but Rocky, yeah, Rocky's the brick. God, that guy, I'd let Bug carry him. Nah. We'll get him a stretcher. Oh, my God. But in all seriousness, yeah, we wouldn't want to leave our puppies. Oh, my gosh, are you kidding? We, we, no, no, that'd make me so sad. Okay, so you mentioned we have a caller calling in from Texas. Is that something we want to, somebody we want to jump to right now? Yeah, let me. Uh, uh, we're gonna make sure we we tell them to call at a certain time. So I think they're waiting for just that time. But now we'll give them a little uh, um, text saying, "Okay, you can call in now," because really. Um, we're watching the news. You know, we try not to watch the news that often. I'll read the paper. I, I like reading the paper, uh, especially if it's a decent paper that doesn't seem to, um, that doesn't lean one more one way more than the other. But um, we've been watching the news every night, which is depressing as hell, but because we want to make sure that, that uh, this person's okay. You know, we're going to, oh, my God, what ha- what's happening in their area? So uh, let's. Yeah. Um, oh, here we go. And they are now online. Let's, let's uh, bring her on. This is um, Ashley, everybody. Ashley, who is a friend stuck in Houston, Texas right now. Welcome, Ash. Hey. Hey, Now, Spectre, I know you have a lot of questions for Ash, so <laughs> go ahead because I know I do too. Of course. So, so Ash, you're in. You're actually in Houston right now, are you? Yeah, I am. Uh, how, how is it down there? Um, luckily, where we are, it's it's fine. Um, my parents' house is up on, I think, like block things, and and the yard is yard has big ditches in it, so we didn't get any flooding, and our power stayed on the whole time. Oh, wow, that's lucky. Um, so I guess it, how, you've been there since Friday when this whole thing kicked off, right? 
I got here last Monday. All right. So you've seen the whole thing end to end. Um, yeah. So when, did, when did you guys hear that a flood might be or a hurricane might be on the way? Um, we knew it was going to rain, like, on, I think, starting Wednesday or Thursday. But then, like, it just all happened really fast. Um, it, the hurricane was supposed to hit like lower in Texas, but then it went back out into the water and came back in really strong, kind of where we are. Wow. And it's just been like endless rain. So I guess people didn't have a great deal of time to prepare. It must've been a ton of panic buying towards the end, right? Yeah. And the mayor had said like, don't evacuate. Like they were specifically saying not to evacuate for some reason. Wow. And, and what's been the, I guess, the, the kind of temperament of people down there? Are people people terrified when it was all rolling in? Um, yeah, people were pretty scared. But, I mean, it, you know, it, it rains a lot here. It floods kind of often. But it seems like from what I've seen on the news and kind of out, people have really, like, come together and helped each other for the most part. You know, like, people are coming out on boats and rescuing people off of their roofs or in their homes if they've flooded. Yeah, I must admit, it makes me, uh, some of the stuff I've seen makes me think if I'm going to be in a natural disaster, Texas isn't such a bad place, <laughs> certainly, or at least Texans aren't <laughs> yeah. such bad people. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's cool to see people, like, just come together and help out. Yeah, so have you have you actually seen the um, the flood damage firsthand? Have you seen the, the kind of crazy water levels and houses evacuated and that stuff? Um. Well, even in the little town where I'm at, it's it's like one of the smaller towns just right outside of Houston, and we were driving around today trying to see if any of the grocery stores were open, and certain roads were blocked, and they were really flooded still, um, and I know that we can't get out of the town. All of the ways out, like the major roads are um, like super flooded, and one of the towns over, everything flooded really badly, so we're kind of just stuck right now. Wow, wow. Yikes. Um, Ashley, you, I, I was um, hearing from you, um, was it yesterday or the day before, that, that your neighbors actually got, or, or people near you had to be rescued. Yeah, that's what that's what we were hearing. That um, It's like none of the streets are really the same, I guess. Like some are up higher. Luckily, ours is higher. But, yeah, people really close by were having to be rescued or they're, houses had you know inches and inches of water in them uh you know what i want to know is now i heard there were like 130 mile winds um that that came with the hurricane um i mean category four that's scary so being from texas was this scarier i mean what's it like i can't even imagine if we ever got to 100 mile an hour winds here i think the barrier would freak out completely right well the the wind didn't actually get that bad here. Um, I think that that was in Rockport, which is lower. It's it's like yeah. kind of in the little tip part. Um, so their winds were really bad there, like breaking windows and all that. Ours, I think, got up to like maybe 40 or 50 miles per hour. But there's still a bunch of debris everywhere. There's a bunch of trash that blew into my mom's backyard. There's tree limbs everywhere in the streets and like dirt and stuff. Um, it's pretty yeah. scary. The the rain the rain was definitely the scariest part. That it just like wouldn't stop. It's still raining right now. Like it just it is not stopping. 
And and you were supposed to be on a flight home on Saturday, right? Yeah, that was my first flight that got canceled, I think, Thursday night. I got the email, and then I rescheduled for uh, Wednesday, and that got canceled. And then I rescheduled for this Friday, and I just got an email today saying that was canceled. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you have somewhere to be. That's the good thing. Now, can you imagine that if you're a traveler, and I'm sure that they're letting them stay in shelters, but, what you know, here's a traveler, say they were there for a business trip, and then, you know, they're stuck in a hotel, and now they're going, okay, you either have to pay for these rooms. I mean, are, do you know if any of the hotels are letting people just stay for free, or are they actually going, sorry, you got to head to a shelter I now? Think- I think they're they're either telling people that they have to leave, like evacuate, or um, they're just like waiving the taxes on it, which doesn't oh. super help when it's like a hundred dollar hotel room. Right, right. That's woo, god. So your your yeah, five day trip, yeah, turns into like twelve. Yeah. Uh, well, it's safer that way. That is that's because is the airport. You said it's flooded at the airport. Yeah, both of the airports. There's Hobby, which is closest, and then there's Bush, which I think it's a couple of hours away, but um, I've been checking, like, their Twitters and just anything online about it, and they both said they're closed until further notice because, like, the freeways are up 15 inches in water, like, certain parts of the freeways. Like, you, you can't get to them. You can't get to the airport. Wow. Or feet, yeah. I mean, 15 feet, not not inches, 15 feet. Yeah, yeah, I figured it was, wow. That's, yeah, it, it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and the thing that I'm wondering, okay, because I'm wondering how are people, and I'm, Sector, you're probably wondering this too, how, what's, when you do go into town and when you do see other people, is, is, it, a, is it an air of, you know, people looking at each other going, yeah, I'll, I'll try to help you too, dude, if I can, or, or is it more where people are going, okay, I'm trying to watch out for me. Don't get in my way. What do you what do you, what do you um, feel when you go out there? Well, today we went out, like I said, to see if um, a couple of the grocery stores were open. Even Walmart was closed, and that's that's pretty intense to like see a Walmart closed. Yeah, no kidding, definitely. People um, live at Walmart. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then um, there was we went to a little restaurant that was open because a few of the small restaurants were open, and a guy came in asking for he, he like was just talking to everyone asking for like water or blankets or whatever for a certain shelter that was nearby and we ended up giving him a big case of water that we had in the car oh man see specter you're right this brings up uh you know brings up the good in people i guess you have to right we uh what is that i hate to quote lost but what do they say or or other shows you know Live together, die alone. You know, live together or die alone. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and I think especially in an area, like Ash just said, with, um, you know, 15 feet of water on the freeways, nobody's going anywhere, but I guess a lot of the properties and hotels must be underwater as well and out of action. And even if they're not, half the staff must have uh, headed for the hills by then. So, you know, I would think you've got very little accommodation, very few people to actually help out. So the people who are kind of left stuck in the middle there must, uh, it, like you say, you've got to club together just to make it through. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. So here, here's my other question. I, you know, there's, there's 15 feet of water. Here, the reality is 
And I have no idea. How long does it take for something like, let's say if the sun just started shining tomorrow, how long would that take for the water to recede enough or to evaporate enough for the airports, you know, for the freeways to start uh, being open and for the airports to start being used? Because otherwise, unfortunately, you're just like everybody else out there who's, who's at the mercy of, of, you know, nature and the sun right now. I mean, does it take a yeah. while for those floods to go away or, you know, is it yeah, pretty quick it, it and so take, hot? Depending where it is, it can take like days to weeks for the water to fully go away. Wow. Ah, oh, man. That's a, that's, that's pretty, you know, I, I'm not going to give out all, um, everything, but, uh, I know Ashley, um, Ashley and her boyfriend were moving into a new place um, uh, the first of September, and her boyfriend is is still here in the Bay Area, so it's it, <laughs> he's kind of freaking out, you know, that's waiting for uh, you know good news and stuff. But man, I'm really sorry. That's a bummer. Yeah, and uh, Friday was actually uh, our second anniversary too, so that's that's not fun that we're not going to get to see each other. Oh man. Well, on the on the bright side, the home that you're staying in, your parents' home, is is good. That you know, it's, it hasn't suffered like like a, the other houses around you or, or the cities around you. God, it's just I'm telling you, it's for me, it's unfathomable because I I've never been around floodwaters. I hope I never am, um, but I, I've never seen 15 feet of water where it's not supposed to be. That's just yeah, scary as hell. It, it was scary just, like, spending the nights kind of uh, going outside and looking just to see where the water was uh, and not knowing if you're going to have to call one of the emergency numbers to get, like, a boat in to take you and all the dogs and everyone out, you know? Wow. Uh, like Ponyo. Remember the movie Ponyo? <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to – now, you guys, if you're hearing this, go, yeah, Rock's making do I'm not. I just – Ponyo, when I was watching, if you guys have never watched it, it's a Miyazaki film, and and there's a great big, humongous flood um, that happens there, and it's it's really scary watching the water just going. It becomes another character in itself, and it, it feels deadly, like it's it's literally after you. And um, when you're describing this, where you're going outside looking to see where the water is, it reminds me of those scenes in Ponyo where they're watching this, this entity, you know, that seems like it's out to get them. It's just creepy all the way around. Yeah. I must yeah. Say, I, I've been in a um, situation like that once in my life in, in the UK where uh, I, I worked for the police at the time in a town and uh, the, uh, it was a town that had been flooded before, before it was very, you know, low towards sea level. And, uh, they just had a similar thing, hurricane, torrential, torrential rain for kind of two days straight. And it was just, like you say, it was horrifying. Like the, the rain was unrelenting. First of all, like the rain just never ended. Every time you looked out, it was just coming down in buckets. And then when the floodwater started to rise and you saw it coming down the main street and, and it wasn't like a flash flood. You know, all of a sudden there's 15 feet of water. It was just gradual, inexorable, unstoppable water just rising and rising and rising. And you saw the people putting the sandbags out, and eventually the sandbags just get saturated or it goes over the top of them. And there's just nothing you can do. I mean, you're just screwed. And, you know, whole businesses went under there. Um, 
and and just disappeared because they you know they didn't have the insurance or the insurance didn't pay up in time or enough and it was uh, it was catastrophic. You know, I'm wondering, Ashley, is there now? You know, of course, we're not <laughs> we're not trying to to nail anyone who hasn't you know been prepared or anything. But but were your parents? Did they feel like they? Did you feel like they were about as prepared as they could be for something like this? Yeah, definitely. They've uh, they've lived there, uh, here their whole lives, and uh, they've lived through quite a few floods. And uh, when we started to realize, like, oh, it's you know, it's raining a lot, we went to the store and we kind of we bought a bunch of food and water just to prepare to like stay in. But that's, yeah. that's kind of all you can do, you know. Yeah, and electricity, you know, it's it's that's another thing. And you guys said your power stayed on. Yeah. Yeah, good, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to call us right now. So. <laughs> right, my, my phone would have been long dead. Um, yeah, we were lucky because, I mean, the wind and the water could have knocked down a power line. It could have just gone out, like, but stayed on the whole time. I think it flickered, like, once. <laughs> And you thought, oh, here it is, here it is, but but it stayed on. Oh, that's good. No, good to hear. So, yeah. Well, I don't know, Specter. I I think that we need to uh, send good energy that for the the sun to just come out and quit goofing off. It's it's August 29th. This is when the sun is supposed to be just massively, you know, strong and and everywhere. And unfortunately, I hear it's it's a uh, being a wiener right now. So. That's yeah, not helping not anybody. Here on the East Coast either. We uh, we haven't had a great deal of sunshine at all in the last few days. In fact, I've got a cheap above-ground pool that's just green, and I'm now thinking I may as well just put it away. We're not getting any more hot days here. It's, it's pretty oh, cool. man. <laughs> oh, yeah, be careful what you wish for, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't get to use your pool anymore. Some people are yeah, living in pools. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you could right. just go outside the pool. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm I'm glad to hear that you guys are safe, Ashley. Thank you for calling and letting us know. And, you know, we'll be following because we want to know when you're going to be able to get back home to the Bay Area because, man, I bet you had no idea that you'd be in, you know. What's that? I can't wait. I want to swim to the airport. You know, I bet I. if there was – now, real quick, so the are the airports okay? I mean, if there were ways – and they're closing them. I mean, they're closed, obviously, but are they under any water or are they, you know um, – uh, I'm not sure if they got in the airports, but I know it just completely flooded all of the terminals. Okay, okay. Yeah, so if it flooded, the, you know, then there's no – planes can't – how are they going to take off? So, yeah, that's that's a bummer. Right? It's it's a waiting game now. So, man, if you got electricity, get caught up on all those uh those TV series that you uh <laughs> you weren't able to you know do. And and you can always think about making uh some um, snacks for people in the shelters. I don't know, maybe something like that. Keep busy, you know, something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So thank you, Ashley, for coming on. We're going to let you go and get back because I know it's about, what, uh, close to 10 o'clock over there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, well, they got, well, they have a curfew mm-hmm. there anyway, right? Don't they? Uh, uh, midnight to 5 a.m. curfew? 
I don't know about that. I know there was a curfew the other day when it was really raining. It was 10 to 6. Wow. Wow. They weren't playing. They were like, stay yeah. home. We, well, we, you know, the, the rescue workers are inundated and tired because, I mean, you've seen, you know, on the news, it's rescue after rescue after rescue with no, you know, no end in sight until everything stops raining. So, yeah, keep your asses home. Well, thank you. Unless, uh, Spectre, unless you have any more questions for Ash, I think we should let her uh, get back to it. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But thanks for calling in and uh, giving us a first-hand perspective. It's uh, a little scary, but... Uh... Good to hear that things are starting to turn around there and get sorted. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. All right, and uh, um, we'll update you guys who are watching. I mean, watching who are listening. If uh, you know, on anything that that might change over there, we've got somebody there who can give us, you know, firsthand uh, news anyway. So, thanks, Ash. You have a good night. Thanks, Ash. Good All right, night. you too. Bye. Thanks. Bye. So I, uh, I, I, I gotta be honest. If I were, okay, I went to Hawaii one year, um, and Inspector, you might remember this year. It was the year when the earthquake hit Japan. Oh my God! Yes, yeah. Yeah, that was horrifying. And then the tsunami hit. And yeah, you know my um, my my cousin and his wife, um, who they're they're from uh, they're from Oregon, but they mm-hmm. uh, they were out. Japan at the time, living just oh inland my. of that village and uh, of that, oh that coastline in, in a village nearby, and uh, you know they they were just saying. I mean, to me on the news it looks horrifying, but it, it's a very a very far away, very foreign place with some terrible stuff happening. You know, to them it was, you know, the, the closest big town that they knew very well and was just absolutely decimated and, and <sighs> incredibly awful loss of life and and just. Uh, just people's lives ruined through that. So, yeah, like you say, that that was probably one of my first experiences of seeing that on the TV and thinking, holy crap, this one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Right. Do you remember? I still, to this, remember the images of just watching when people people do their own little YouTube videos and they're going, they're they're they're, you know, filming the water rising, getting up and over these buildings and just sweeping them away. And, and like, I, I saw one where a car was going on uh, this, I guess it was sort of an overpass next to the water on the water was on the right. So if anybody's seen this, they'll know what I'm talking about. And the, the water came over the, um, the edge of the overpass and caught the car in it, spun it around a little, but then receded a little bit enough for the car to drive away. And this was all filmed from inside the car. So I thought, oh, okay, I would I think I would have had a heart attack right there, you know, seeing all that water come over the, the edge like that. But um, I was in Hawaii when the tsunami hit. We had no idea that the earthquake, uh, we were heading to the airport. We had no idea that the earthquake had even happened. We were um, getting on a, a tour bus back to the airport, and um, somebody said, um, I can't remember. A, a cop came on onto the to the bus and said something to the bus driver. Oh, aren't you aren't you heading home yet? And uh, um, the bus driver goes, Yeah, this is my last run. And why aren't you heading home? And and the cop was like, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get home before uh, before the the tsunami hit, you know. And, and he kind of laughed. Um, and I thought, Wow, these guys just joke like this all the time. That's that's wow you're on the beach that's kind of not funny 
I didn't know that that had already happened, that, that a tsunami was already scheduled to come. But by the time we got to the airport, the tsunami sirens went off. And talk about a horrifying sound. Their tsunami sirens are, are so, they felt louder than any sirens we've got here in the area. Um, and, you know, when we got in there, uh, we had found out that we, we missed our flight, actually, that uh, I, I had did a bonehead and made the mistake of, of thinking that it was a later flight. I don't know how I got the times mixed up. So they said, you're on standby. Hopefully you'll get out of the airport. If not, you know, before the tsunami hits, we're only doing planes for a certain amount of time more. And, and the thing that was scary was that the lady who was giving us the info, she was turning to her friend while she's typing things up going, I hate those sirens. They really scare me. I want to get out of here. I, I, I want to get out of here um, before anything happens. Now, she's a local. And she's turning to her coworkers saying that she's scared, that she wants to get out of there. I'm going, we missed our flight. I, that was probably one of the most horrifying nights that we've ever had, you know, because we had to wait four more hours not knowing if another flight was going to go out. And if it wasn't, then you were stuck in the airport hoping that the tsunami wouldn't get to the airport. So, um, yeah, yeah, all the time the, the sirens are going off. So you didn't get a break from these sirens. So if you had anxiety, <laughs> you were kind of screwed that night, and you, yeah, you had to breathe into a bag. Out. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I just I, emergency preparedness, September National Emergency Preparedness Month. You cannot plan for everything, but why not sleep better at night, knowing that you plan for most of the things that you know could happen to you. You know, right, a fire. Right. And- a fire. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I mean, there's stuff that can and does happen every day in your local area, and fires in, in your homes are, are certainly one of them. So, you know, as well as the basics like smoke alarms and fire extinguishers, um, like you said, just having a bug-out bag, just having a plan of where you, how you're going to get out of the house, where you're going to assemble after you get out of the house, and making sure that everyone in that household knows it is so, so important. Oh, it is. I forget the statistic, but it was so it was so tragic, the statistic of people that were lost in house fires because they didn't know where their loved one was, so they went back in to retrieve their loved one when their loved one was already outside somewhere. So to having a meeting place outside is is just I can't stress it enough. You have to all know where you're gonna meet. That way nobody goes back in for anybody else. Right, right. You know, so. Wow, this is depressing as hell, isn't it? I know. This was uh, this was started off with That's good news. That's what she said. <laughs> wow. Say, okay, Bug, there. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a little bit of silliness because it's unfortunate and a lot of people, and I think, Spectre, that this is why a lot of people don't want to talk about it, why a lot of people would rather just uh, put their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 la. I don't want to talk about it. You know, I thought you were going to say this is why a lot of people don't listen to our show. <laughs> <laughs> la 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 la. I don't want to hear them. <laughs> the truth so is not always pretty. You know what I mean? It isn't. But we're here. Our tagline is that we're here to help you live a happier, safer, healthier life. We would not be doing our jobs if we didn't bring some of the seriousness to you so that you could understand that we're just not talking out of our butts which is a, a weird trick, and why do people say that? But um, anyway, 
Do you want to uh, do you want to lighten things up a little bit and move on to hate rallies, or um, do, was there anything else you want to talk about on, on disaster prep? It appears you're as anxious to get no. off this island as I am. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. Um, yeah, well, one one last thing, disaster prep. The really cool thing is if you don't follow the Initiative Collective or any of the – God, we've got 12 branches now of the God. Initiative. Um, <clears throat> if you don't them onto your hands follow, Yeah, if you don't follow us yet on Facebook or Twitter or whatever we're on um, – then you are missing out because we post everything there. And, and if you said, oh, I forgot what they said last time, you can check that. You can also check out our, our Heroes 101 Facebook page, which, which will have links to everything we talked about um, and to the initiative. But the reason I brought up the initiative, other than I love them, is that <clears throat> we're taking part in National um, Emergency Preparedness Month in September, and we will be posting up every week there's um there are new tips um and themes and so um like the very first week it's called make a plan for yourself family and friends um that is the very first week of september and we'll be posting up tips on how to make that easier for you we'll put put links up for um templates you can actually use to help make your plans so just check us out on uh either initiativecollective.com or facebook.com um, slash initiativecollective, and, and we'll have those tips there. Very but, cool. yes, I, I think it, it would be uh, great to move on to something less depressing. But, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, hate rallies, uh, rallies, protests, those aren't, those aren't exactly the happiest of times, but they're – in the case of this one, the one that just happened here in the San Francisco Bay Area, on the heels of the Charlottesville protest, um, I would like to say that the thing that I love about this is that we actually had people out in the field um, firsthand, and I, I would like to share one of their experiences. You know, one of their uh, – actually, a couple of them have written pretty much the same thing um, on what it was like, but before that, um, the topic of, of protest and uh, rallies. Specter, just what's your take? You've got New York there, and you've been a part of um, security for Occupy New York back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, the, the big difference this time, and, and we were talking about this a little bit on the last show, and it, it's it, it's very it's very easy to, to get swept up one way or the other on this. On, on the one hand, um, I guess it, it, it's good to clarify up front, this isn't a right-wing versus left-wing protest. This isn't a Trump versus anti-Trump or even, you know, a specific issue, abortion versus non-abortion. This is a very, very, and thankfully a very tiny demographic, minute percentage of the population who hold pretty offensive views to the majority of the rest of the population. And those views... Um, you know, we we all know, and and you can call them Nazis, you can call them fascists, whatever. But the, you know that they make it very clear that they're wearing swastikas, they're chanting anti-Semitic slogans. You know, and like I say, I, this isn't this isn't a slur against Trump supporters or the right wing. This is this is a much more niche group than that, and I, I think it's it's worth saying as well. I'm sure 
some of the people in that minority group, as small as it is, I'm sure even within that minority group, there are people who are just angry and scared and get swept along by peer pressure or by ignorance or whatever it is. So, you know, I, we, we were talking about this last, last week and I made some flippant comments about punching Nazis because I was trying to be funny. Um, and I, I am somewhat funny, but um, I, I think uh, <laughs> I try. Um, but smelling. I think it, it's, it's worth clarifying that we, we don't endorse any kind of violence towards these protesters. Um, as much as we may not be neutral enough that we can stand in the middle, we would certainly support them in terms of keeping the peace. We would support in terms of any kind of first aid. Um, as much as we may condemn the views that they're, that they're sharing in that medium. Right, right, exactly. Um, you know, we we try to provide, we try to stay as neutral as possible. Um, we may have our own personal, you know, opinions. We absolutely have our own opinions, but wow, that was a, you just you, we just lost you there for a second, and you just said oh, but, and just, I thought you just left us hanging. You were going to say something really prophetic and meaningful, and then it just went <laughs> silent. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, you're loud and clear now. Okay, I was saying that um, I'm. Uh, we try to stay as neutral as possible, and um, when I see someone who needs help, I'm not going to stop and ask them what their political affiliation is first. You know, you're gonna you're gonna try to lend aid somehow. So we do have our own, uh, we all are very opinionated, you know, on the, on the climate out there right now on the political climate. But uh, like I said, we, I, I think we're adult enough to, to know that when someone needs help, we're going to administer the help first. Absolutely. And, and I think as well, you know, there is, I, I firmly believe there is a role um, for the RLSH community, and maybe we'll talk about what that is in a minute if we've got time left, but uh, to actively participate in protests or counter-protests. I think, you know, there are certain issues that if people believe strongly enough, you know, the Women's March, um, the New York Initiative was part of the um, uh, a subsequent march as well about upholding rights and liberty was something else that we got involved in, just because they're very clear right and wrong issues, and we, we just felt obliged to be involved in those protests or counter-protests. Um, however, there's also a role for the same community to to um, just be peacekeepers um, and, and to be there as, you know, a first aid, you know, unit as well. So, you know, I, I think there's a role, there's a role for both, uh, you know, both sides to play there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, following what I said, uh, we do, we provide, you know, um, Neutral aid, but yes, I will uh, and have our group like yours took part in a women's rights march because there are certain issues that where there is no, and I was just saying this earlier today, there is no meeting halfway. There is no let's compromise. If there is one group that believes people should be eliminated because of their skin color or their religious beliefs, that group is wrong and you must stand up to them. There is no compromise there. There is no meeting halfway when you want to kill me because I am a person of color. And just as there is no halfway as in taking away any women's rights, um, there's no halfway there. You don't take them away. And if anything, you help to fight that we all get the same rights. So, um, 
yeah, I'll take part in a women's march. I will take part in an anti, you know, um, you know, hate, hate group march. Um, but I, again, I think that we, we also know our boundaries. That's what I like of this group. It knows its boundaries and it knows um, where to, to, you know, provide the help and, and just where we belong in the scheme of things. At least I, I believe so. Yeah, and let me ask you then, um, because, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people out there on social media, and, and they certainly have a valid point that the most appropriate response to some of these, these what we're calling hate rallies, you know, I'm sure, they, they're dressed up in various ways, but the, the most appropriate response to these rallies is just to ignore them, is just to stay home, don't put yourself at risk, don't even acknowledge them, um, and they'll go away. And to me, I can definitely see why some people would feel that way and and I think that is an appropriate response for some people but I can also see why a portion of the public um, feel the need to to get out there and say no this is not acceptable and stand up to to this kind of uh, this this kind of blatant hatred Um, so what's your take on that you know do you do you think we should be encouraging people to get out there and speak up do you think you know we we should encourage them to stay home and stay safe What's, what's your feeling you know, I have friends who don't believe at all in um, that they belong anywhere near the protests, that that is not their place. They've said so much on, um, on conversations, in conversations that we've had that um, they just don't feel that, that they they want to be out on the, I call them the front lines. And, and you know what? You have to respect that. Not everyone wants to be out there holding a sign and, and, you know, not everyone is capable of being out there or is able to. So that's fine. You know, know where you're, the difference between um, ignoring the, the protests and not, you know, choosing to not take part and, and just ignoring the whole issue. Now that's, that's where I take on bridges where if you're ignoring the whole issue and you don't choose to do something in your own way, in a way that, that, that works for you, then you're letting someone else do twice the amount of work. So I believe that, sure, don't go to the protest if you don't believe that you are the person to be out there um, holding a sign, that you're, you're not the person that can yell or, or possibly run for cover if things get violent. It, that's fine, but do something else. Because if, if the issue is women's rights, if the issue is, is stopping a hate group from um, harming other people, do something else. If there's something that you know you can do to affect this change, you guys, it's freaking 2017. We are still fighting the same damn fights that we've been fighting for 70 years now. Think about it. We still have people out there who believe that they are superior to other skin colors, that they're superior to, to other religious beliefs, that, that uh, these, other, you know, these others should be done away with. This isn't freaking, oh, my gosh. I, I feel like I'm, I'm literally in a time machine that got sent backwards to an uglier time, and I honestly can't believe that there are some of you out there who won't do anything. So in answer to your question, <laughs> I tend to make a short story long. Do something. If you don't want to go to the protest, do something else. That's fine. As long as you're doing something. 
Right, exactly. And, and that's something could be on social media, that's something could be a petition to a politician. And there are a lot of practical projects, like either fundraising for, you know, for, for, for good causes that can counteract this stuff. Um, there, there's actually someone we're going to have on the show soon. Um, I, I'm sure some of our listeners remember the, uh, the, the awesome bunch of people we had who were involved in the Women's March who were knitting the pussy hats. There's a very similar thing, um, uh, a, basically a blanket, which is going to stretch the whole length of the wall that's being built. Um, and it's actually going to go to, to help refugees as well when it's, uh, when it's been finished. So, you know, there, there's a lot that people can practically do. Whatever their skill set is, whatever their ability level is, it doesn't need to be out there marching, holding a sign. Um, but I guess my follow-up question then is, for those people who do go out there and want to march and hold a sign, um, do we have any advice for them? I mean, I, I guess I shared some stuff during the Women's March about uh, just making sure that you've got the basics with you. I mean, very similar to what we talked about with disaster prep in terms of water and first aid and, and you know, basics, take a protein bar or a granola bar. Um, you know, you may only be out there a couple of hours. Things may go south and you could be out there a lot longer. So just be prepared for uh, temperatures and, and uh, longevity that you may not have expected. Um, but I guess any, anything more practical in terms of how you should behave or be aware of what's going on around you when you're in that kind of a march? Oh, yeah, you should absolutely be aware of everything going on around you. And, and just like um, life itself, you should, something doesn't seem right, you know, pay attention to it. Try to spot everything. Um, and um, while you're doing that, know where the safest place for you to, I use the term, bug out to um, is when you're protesting. Don't get so in the middle of things that you don't know where you can find a safe spot should things go. I mean, look what happened to Charlottesville. You know, that's always going to be the arstic by which we measure safe and unsafe um, protests. By you know, and uh, I, I think that um, being smart and knowing knowing what not to wear also. I mean, if you're going to wear something that, that promotes, um, you know, things that you bring to, to a rally, if you wear something that just looks scary and militant, you know, um, look, you may be targeted by whoever is, is out there looking for people who are starting trouble. And uh, so don't, don't wear anything that just looks too crazy padded, you know, um, dangerous. Um, and, and I think that uh, know where your group is and have a plan to, okay, so you all split, you all got separated. Now no one knows where anyone else is. Make sure you all have, you all have your numbers. You all have batteries. You all have, it's, it's. Have a meetup point, just like if they were a disaster too. Right. right. Well outside of the zone of the protest, but things change so fast during a protest. It's good to have several, a couple different, yeah, a couple different backup plans for if things go south. Write your phone numbers, um, your, your emergency contacts on your arm in um, Sharpie. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, because if, if you get a uh, tear gassed, um, it, which could happen, you know, and, and there, there are, I'm not going to give you all the tips on, on here, but you can look it up. There are things to take with you in case there's, you know, you may just be peacefully protesting and somebody somewhere is causing a ruckus. So now everyone gets tear gassed. Um, so you've got to know how to react to that. 
because otherwise you're blind. You're going to be blind for, for a certain amount of time. And um, you need to be, be ready for that too. So I just, it, these aren't just, Hey, let's all march together now and sing Kumbaya. This is, Hey, watch out for your personal safety. Um, you know, watch out for the people with you and make sure, like you said, you're prepared to stay out there for a while. You never know how long these things are going to last or how long you're going to be caught out there um, without a way to get back. Yeah, and I think as well, I mean, let's be honest, there are angry and frightened and, and uh, unpredictable people on both sides of the equation, both, the, you know, the extreme right and the people who are protesting them. So, you know, violence can break out. And I think, you know, one of the key things for me is is just being aware of where those hot spots are, you know, where people are really starting to get riled up and lose it a little bit and just... Uh, you know, assuming that you don't want to be in the middle of that, moving away from it and just trying to stay in a, in a, in a safer, calmer piece of the crowd. And, and really, like you say, because those hotspots are where the cops are going to be firing tear gas and, you know, beanbags and all of their, their, you know, initial softer responses, which can still be pretty devastating to most people. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. During the Occupy uh, movement, there was, there was a, a vet, uh, he was a military veteran, who got uh, hit by, was it a, a beanbag? Oh, there are horrifying pictures of this guy. He got, he got hit in the head. So, And, and the, the photograph is of people around him trying to carry him with his bleeding head, and he's obviously um, unresponsive um, to, you know, medical teams. And so trying to cut through these crowds, carrying these guys, you know, this guy through there. So you can absolutely be hurt by things being shot, even a tear gas canister, you know. So it's, it's, not, it's not just a, a fun little, hey, here, I'm a college student trying to go in a protest because, you know, I'm, it's a hipstery cool thing to do. That's not it anymore. So you got to be ready for, for minor combat when you go out there. And that's why it's okay that it's not for everyone as absolutely. long as you're doing yeah, as long as you're doing something to support the troops that are out there. So you mentioned that you had some on-the-ground reports from the uh, from the San Francisco uh, event. Do you want to share those with us? Yeah, you know, it, it was a it was a uh, post that um, I'll put up again on Facebook. But um, it was like I said, the the media tends to, and like I said, I'm not anti-media. You know, I I believe there's there are really good. We are friends with really good journalists. Um, who tell the truth, but a lot of times they want to just stir things up because that itself. Um, and um, if you watch the media, as far as the Berkeley protests um, this weekend on Sunday, it sounds like it was crazy violent. And it sounds like um, Antifa just went insane. You know, the anti-fascist group dressed in black went crazy. And we have several reports from people that say um, having, uh, have, honestly, having been there literally all day from the very beginning to the very end, I can say um, the farthest thing from the truth is that it was violent, um, horribly violent. Yeah, there were a few punches thrown, but uh, let's see. Um, we need to look deeper to find out what is really going on in paying pay attention to how we are being manipulated with headlines and how things are being framed and who that framing benefits. Uh, let's see. Um, it was saying that a description of what happened was 
Anyone who is on the ground in Berkeley will tell you how beautiful a demonstration it was. Thousands of people, old and young and in between, socialists, anarchists, liberals, unionists, brass bands, religious groups, students, you name it. See, and how often do you hear a protest being called a beautiful day? I, the anti, the, uh, the women's march, was, was be- it was beautiful. I will call it that. It was, uh, and I'm sure you experienced this in New York, too, Spectre, where it just, it was wonderful to be there, just like this person describing, all ages, you know, and, and all, all types of people coming together um, to support something. Yeah, I mean, certainly um, in, in New York, I, I took my kids along to the Women's March in New York, and there were three quarters of a million people crammed onto 42nd Street when I got there. Right. And it felt like a carnival. It was a great vibe. Uh, you know, people were serious about what they were doing. It wasn't fun and games, but it was just a great community spirit with people banding together to do something good. Um, and I know my, my wife was in Washington, D.C., doing the, the bigger march there. Um, where they had busloads and busloads of people turn up all wearing their pink knitted hats, um, which which was awesome. But they did have in D.C. a much larger number of basically people just heckling, just people turning up, giving them shit as they were walking along, trying to to start trouble, and nobody responded to it. Nobody in the Women's March gave them any time, just completely blanked them and moved on. Um, But you could definitely see how in... Um, especially, you know, it's a scenario where everyone's very emotionally charged. You know, it's something on both sides of the equation that people are extremely emotional about. And uh, you can definitely see how things could very quickly spiral out of control from just some, um, some, some offensive remarks that are made to a punch being thrown to that escalating mm-hmm. to something much, much larger. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, this is a saying that because – the, the helicopters were there, and they did get the part where it did break out. And it made it look like the entire, you know, a couple thousand people there were fighting. But if you looked at the at the footage, and, and just like the person, um, these people were saying in their reports, that there were a handful of scuffles, um, and a few Nazis got mod, uh, mildly beat up and removed from the park by um, Antifa, Antifa folks, um, the hundreds and hundreds of cops, basically, they only came in, you know, during uh, when there were scuffles. And between Antifa, the couple hundred um, cops and the, the dozens of Antifa that actually responded to the, the punches and such, um, the violence was quick and it was done. It wasn't, oh, everyone in the park, thousands were fighting it. No, it was, and that's what the media, uh, you know, just portrayed it as. And instead, it was it said that after those scuffles, it pretty much went back to what it was, which was a bunch of people gathered together, um, you know, for a cause and and not being violent. Just for that that one time, there were scuffles they were taken care of, and then things went went back to what they were before that happened. So. I think that we have to be really careful with what we, we see in the media, um, what, what they put out there. At the same time, you know, learn which media to trust, you know, which, uh, which sources um, are closest to, I guess, your truth, you know, to the truth. But Yeah, truth I, think, I think like you, yeah. say, you said earlier, you know, I, I don't think 
I don't think every media outlet is bad. I think there are some that are more trustworthy than others, but I think in general most media outlets want to to have a headline that's going to catch people and and get some clicks and and you know a violent protest is going to be much more clickworthy than a peaceful protest. You know, nothing happened in Berkeley. <laughs> Nobody's going to click on that. Right. Um, Right. Yeah, but, uh, you know, as well, I think um, I was talking to someone else about this whole thing the other day of fake news and how do you tell one from the other. And, and, you know, people saying, well, you can't trust any news outlet these days. But I think when it's a news outlet that has, you know, a good amount of evidence, whether it's real video evidence, whether it's real statistics or real data behind it, it's a lot easier to trust those guys than it is the ones where it's all hearsay and, and, you know, just anecdotal evidence that, that really could have come from anywhere. Exactly, exactly. It's uh, and, and and you know, just see where they've been in the past. Are they more sensational? You know, if if they aren't, then you're okay. Uh, but if they're an absolute sensational bandwagon, then you know you're just gonna go in for the ride. They just want to take you on a ride, so forget it. But uh, I did we, you know, and I'm wondering, did we? We did. We we did our call to action. I wanted to make sure we got that in there because that was really important for me that we start doing that call to action. Yeah, and we'll we'll be hammering out the link to the um, to the Houston Food Bank as well, so that anyone who joined who didn't join us earlier, we uh, our call to action this week was was just just help um, the severe shortage of food in Houston right now by uh, by providing funds and resources to the Houston Food Bank. Um, which is very easy for anybody to do. Every little bit that you can contribute helps. So uh, we're going to be contributing. We're going to be uh, encouraging other people and, and spamming people with that link until they do as well. Good. I know. Nothing like beating a dollar. Hey, guys, give a dollar. We'll leave you alone, we promise. <laughs> we're like, we're charity, charity extortionists. <laughs> Come on, guys, give it all. Hey, they're always um, a good cause. Right. Uh, one thing I do want to throw out before we, uh, you know, before I forget, because it's happening on Monday, um, uh, Sports Basement. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys have Sports Basement in, in New York or is that a, a, a California thing? No? Yeah, it must be a California thing. Sports Basement is, is a wonderful place. You can buy all your sporting gear there. And, and the reason they're wonderful is, is um, most of their inventory uh, is last season. And so last season means that, that, like me, I've gotten my running shoes from Sports Basement since uh, 2002 um, because instead of spending 150 on this pair of running shoes, I'm going to spend maybe 60 bucks. They're the exact same running shoes. You know what I mean? They're brand new. They're beautiful. They're just last season. Um and these sport sports basements are huge, and there's several of them in the Bay Area. Uh, they're so huge that when you are buying a pair of running shoes, um, their salespeople can have you run around a designated track in the in the building, so that they can watch how your foot lands. Do you pronate? Do you supinate? You know, and and help you find a shoe, you know, accordingly. So. Um, that's that's a like I said that's where I go to get my my sports gear. They have generously um, let us use their space. That every sport every sports basement has um, these meeting spaces, big spaces, and they rent them out for free 
to the public. All you have to do is is uh, fill out your application for, um, you know, what date you'd like, what time, what is your event, how many people are expecting. And then, you know, they, they, if it's a decent thing, they'll approve it, which they just did for me. Um, so if you're listening and you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, Monday, September 4th, Labor Day, if you're not working and you want to come out to Berkeley, the sports basement on Milvia Avenue, M-I-L-V-I-A, um, we are having a free, we call it free but priceless, self-defense seminar from 1130 to 230 that afternoon. Um, and uh, we're real excited about this because um, we're incorporating new material uh, into the stuff that, that we used to teach. And this new material, Spectre, you would love it. It's, it's explosive, it's quick, it's street smart, and very practical. Um, uh, so, I would love it. Oh, my God, we're so excited about this. I mean, I'm going to shut up about it because we've only got two minutes left. But, I mean, it mixes Krav Maga with uh, karate and jujitsu and taekwondo. Um, and, you know, just like I said, makes it simple, makes it street smart, makes it explosive to you. So, you know, we're just, we're really excited. So if you guys can make it, come on out, celebrate my birthday with me, and let me teach you how to keep yourself safer. Fantastic. Well, I guess I guess we only have two minutes left of the show. I guess the other thing we'll be coming back to next week is fitness. You're going to be seeing a, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff from the initiative um, around fitness over the next few months. Um, I, for one, am looking forward to it because I've had a really unfit summer, and turkey season is just around the corner and <laughs> scarily close. So you know what? I I need to do some pull-ups or something. So uh, I'm looking forward to the fitness thing. Oh, hell yeah. This is going to be so much fun. Um, so, yeah, you guys, we're, we're trying to keep this as consistent as hell. Uh, so join us. Keep listening in. And if you've got ideas for shows, you can always write to us. We'd love to hear what you think. Seriously, you know, join the chat room, whatever. Let us know if you want us to pull out any, any, uh, any certain guests, too, that can add to the show. So. Yeah, and like I said earlier, for uh, you know, if Casper mattresses and Loot Crate are listening in, then uh, we we could uh, we could do with a sponsor. You, you could uh, relieve us of our blog talk radio woes, but uh, just okay. just let us know. We're here. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, on that note, I guess uh, we should thank uh, Ash for joining in and, and sharing the, uh, the the terrible situation in Houston that is hopefully improving and at least some good people out there helping. Um, should thank Nightbug on the soundboards. Thank you, sir. And as ever, my lovely host, Rock and Roll from California, um, I guess. And we will be back, same bat time, same bat channel next week to uh, talk about... Fitness and California, I guess, is next on our list, right? Woo, absolutely. Thanks, you guys. Thank you, Spectre. Have a good Good one, guys. (laughs) Bye. Good night. (laughs) Jung, 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 jung. Where is it? (laughs) Oh, a guy. You know, blog talk. There we go. You hear it? I can't hear it. Oh, I can hear it. Hey, good night, guys. See you next week. Good night. Jung, 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 jung.
tell me what I can't do. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.